Hi everyone, and welcome to Seven Mile Chats. This week, you may hear some background noise, and I apologize for that. Even though I've been doing this for two years now, my editing skills are still amateur, um, but I hope that you will enjoy this conversation that I have this week. And thanks again for your support. everyone, and welcome to 7 Mile Chats, a podcast where each week I, Julia Struckley, talk with someone about a scripture verse of their choosing, and we look at that scripture from different angles. I'm a scripture teacher at a Catholic school. I've been a youth minister, and I have a master's in theology, but the purpose of this podcast is just to have a conversation about scripture and try to apply it to today's world. And today I'm walking and talking with someone I've not yet met in person, but is another match from Podmatch. She is a Christian speaker. She has been a scripture teacher for over 50 years. She's new to podcasting. She's a wife, a mother, a grandmother, and a great-grandmother. It is Barbara Culver. Hi, Barbara. Hi. Glad to be here. Yeah, thank you for being here. What else would you like to tell the listeners about yourself? I am also, I'm a grandmother of seven grandchildren, but five of those were quintuplets, Oh my goodness, that is that is rare. That's awesome. Yeah. My youngest daughter gave birth to quintuplets and four of them survived. One little girl was stillborn. She has mm-hmm. three girls and a boy who are just just turned 22 last week. I have uh, four great-grandchildren. Two are 15 and 16. The other two are just seven months old. And so we're having a blast with them. It's a boy and a girl. They're twins. Oh, nice. And it's just been great. But my life has always centered around Christ. I I wasn't born in a Christian home. I never went to church with my parents in my entire life, but God was watching over me. Mm -hmm. And at the age of 16, he called me to come join him. And I told him I couldn't do that because he couldn't love me the Mm -hmm. way I read about in his Bible that he loved people. But Eventually, on, on my sixth, actually my sixteenth birthday, I walked out and gave my life and heart to Christ, and life has never been the same because for the first time in my life, I knew that I was loved, mm. and that love has just been amazing through all these years. I love to teach scripture. I am not a theologian. I've never <laughs> been to Bible school, so what I have learned from the Bible has either been through commentaries or just social study of the Bible and praying, asking the Holy Spirit to give me understanding. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where we're going to be at with this verse that I chose today. Oh, good. Well, thank you for sharing all of that. It's Your family sounds amazing, um, and I love that you get to spend time with them. You mentioned that you are located in Kentucky, right? Is your whole family still there? I am very blessed. All my family is here. I do have one grandson that lives lives in Louisville. You said you have been mm-hmm. in Louisville. Uh, he actually lives in Louisville. I don't get to see him very often, but the rest of my family, I'm very blessed. They're right here in our area, and it's, they're just 15 minutes away from us. Oh, that is lovely. And um, I know that you said that you don't maybe have any official degrees or anything like that, but I, my friends who like want to be on the podcast, people are always hesitant. They're like, oh, I'm not a scholar. And I'm like, I, you don't have to be. I mean, 
like what you just mentioned, like anyone can read a couple commentaries and really it's just about, like you said, opening your heart up to the Holy Spirit and allowing the Holy Spirit to guide you. So I think we're gonna have a really great conversation. I'm excited to talk about the verse that you chose. Um, I'm going to have you read that verse. It's very short. <laughs> so we're going to be discussing today um, Luke chapter 22, verse 43. So I'll just have you read that for us, please. And God sent an angel to strengthen him. Okay, there you have it, everybody. So we're going to talk about <laughs> context and kind of where we're at. So we're in Luke's gospel, and we're kind of getting towards the end of Luke's gospel. So this verse actually comes from the agony in the garden scene of Luke's um, gospel. So if you're not familiar, most people are, but uh, the agony in the garden took place after the Last Supper. Jesus is praying to God the Father, and he knows what's about to happen to him. The crucifixion is going to be coming up on Good Friday the next day. And he knows that he is about to be arrested and everything that's going to happen to him at the crucifixion. So in this moment, he's he's kind of asking God, and it's such a beautiful scene of humanity. And we can talk about, you know, just how Christ was fully connected to the Father and was God, but also um, is fully human. Um, but it's very like human moment where he's kind of saying, you know, I want to do your will, Father, but like if you could take this cup away from me. And so what you said there is that um, then the angels do come to strengthen him, which is beautiful. So I can't wait to talk to you about this verse and this scene. So my first question for my guests is why did you pick this verse, Barbara? It's I in all my years of teaching, and I, like I say, I've been a Christian be 60 years in two weeks. I And I have read the Bible through many, mm-hmm. many times. But last year when I started teaching for Easter, I was looking for the passage where on the cross he cried out, my God, my God, why have you mm-hmm. forsaken me? And I found it in Luke and I just read the whole passage And when I got to that verse, it just absolutely jumped out at me. Mm -hmm. And I sat there and I thought about this verse for a long time. And I said, why would he send an angel to give him strength? Why -hmm. would God do that? So as is my choice of the way I figure out the Bible, I have different commentaries that I go to that I really like. I got them all out. And they just kind of flaked over that verse. They didn't really have much to say about it. And I went, that's not answering my question. Why an angel? I mean, he's God. He has the Holy Spirit upon him. Why would an angel have to strengthen him? Mm -hmm. So as I do often in my life, when I have something like that, that I'm just really pondering and, can't get figured out in my mind, I simply started praying about it to ask the Holy Spirit, please explain this to me. Why would God send an angel? And this is the explanation that I got. When we look at the cross, we see the physical pain that Jesus went through. All of the torture, the pain, the blood, the nails in the hands and the feet, we see that side of him. But we never really stop to think about, as a man, he had a spiritual side. And in that spiritual side of him, he had these things in life that he really didn't understand because he'd never experienced it. Mm -hmm. 
And in that moment on the cross, he had no idea what sin was going to feel like because he never sinned. Mm -hmm. So he didn't know the, the feelings of his emotional side to that happening. Mm -hmm. Also, he had never experienced what it would make him look like. Cause we know from people that when you sin, there is a different appearance to you. You have a different countenance. And as we're told in scripture on the cross, he, you couldn't even recognize him. And we mm -hmm. think it's because of the beating, but I'm going that maybe a lot of that was from the spiritual side of him. Mm -hmm. The all of, think of all the sin that was placed upon him. Every sin that has been taken place was poured out on this man who knew no sin. And then the next thing he gave me was the fact that he had never, ever been separated from his father. Mm -hmm. And on the cross, God could not look down on him because he cannot look upon sin. And he was covered in sin. And the Holy Spirit couldn't be there with him because he couldn't look upon that sin. So he was totally alone. No father, no Holy Spirit, just Jesus. And so mm -hmm. God did not leave him empty handed. And he sent him an angel that was lower in rank than he is to give him strength to do what he needed to do on the cross. Mm -hmm. And for me, that just gave me a whole new perspective of the cross because, you know, there are times in our lives that we all feel forsaken and we just don't think about Jesus ever feeling that, but he did. Mm -hmm. That was an emotion that he had to learn about on the cross. And that's why on the cross, he didn't cry out, my father, why have you forsaken me? He cried out, my God. Because in that moment, he was all man. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I've never really thought about that image. You said so much. You said so many beautiful things there. So I kind of want to touch upon a couple. So this is in the agony in the garden. like And like I said, it's preparation. Like he knows what's coming. And you mentioned kind of the physical things that happened to him. And, and they, it does happen to him in the garden. Like after he says this, um, he, so he says right before I mentioned, he says, like, Father, if you're willing to take this cup away from me. And then the angels are sent to strengthen him. And then he then right after verse 44 is that he's in such agony that like as he's praying, like blood is, you know, coming that he was praying. And so just and I, I like how you were saying that, like it was because of the weight of our sin. Like, I've never really thought about that. Um, yeah. You know, he had never experienced sin like that and to have all of the weight of, of sin on him it, it would have been such an intense experience and also how like how you said too like he he is god <laughs> and yeah. when i talk about the incarnation with my students it is really hard for them because it doesn't mathematically make sense like that he's 100 percent god but 100 percent human um but this would be the first time that he's really truly separated because sin does as you mentioned kind of separate us from god um, right. or sin, do, sin does separate us from God. So for him to be separated from those parts of him, that would have been so painful. So I think you said a lot of really beautiful things there. Um, I, I think, it, yeah, that idea of he, his humanity and his divinity coexisting and then in this moment kind of separating, it, it is, it's a really interesting but difficult concept to grasp. I don't know if you wanted to respond to any of that. 
and, and that's all true. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the way. And we, but we never look at it that way. When we think of the cross, we simply think about the physical pain he went through. We don't ever think, consider how he had to have felt to know that he wasn't going to have his father with him. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, he, he is what his father speaks. He was every word that, the, that God speaks. And now suddenly he was just going to be him. Mm-hmm. And there's times in our lives when we don't have anybody around us to support us and to help us. And I, I believe that God sends angels at that time to mm-hmm. help us deal with the pain of whatever it is that we're going through. And we feel like we're all alone. There's mm-hmm. nobody. But that's the way he felt on the cross. There wasn't anybody. Yeah, that is a really beautiful thing to think about. I know that, you know, Jesus often goes off by himself um, to pray. And and I love that. I'm an introvert, so I love that he kind of goes off by himself to kind of, you know, kind of chart, recharge or charge up for whatever he has to do next. Um, but it's interesting in this moment in the Agony Garden, he doesn't go alone. He asks three of his best friends to go with him, but they can't stay awake. <laughs> um, yeah. And so... Like he's not physically alone, but he feels so alone too. So I think that's something that we can relate to as well. Like I know I've suffered from depression before in my life and I know I'm not physically alone, but there's still those moments that like you just still feel so alone. So it is beautiful to think about that. And those yeah, you, God you can is, be in a room with a thousand people. Right. And still feel alone. Right. And so that's a beautiful image of the angels that he, and actually it's interesting. Um, my footnotes, cause I like, like we said, you don't have to be a scripture scholar. You just have to like maybe do a little research. But um, my footnotes say that these verses 43 and 44 are very ancient, but probably not a part of the original text that they were absent in the oldest um, papyrus manuscripts of Luke. So I think that's really interesting that somebody added them in possibly. So yeah. I don't know. What do you make of that? Well, I believe everything in the Bible was put there by God. Mm-hmm. Maybe it wasn't in the original, but God intended it to be. Mm-hmm. And Everything's so, divinely inspired. Yeah. Yeah. I think he, he inspired somebody to put that in there mm-hmm. for to make us even wonder about it. Mm-hmm. You know, if we'll just wonder about it and think about it, what, what does that really mean? I, I, I'm a big fan of people reading the Bible and saying, what does that mean to my life? How can that be in you know, a part of who I am and how I can react as a Christian. So I, I, that's what I tend to do when I read scripture. And this verse just, it just popped out and, and amazed me I, I, that I had never thought about it before. Mm-hmm. And suddenly here it was. And I, it just, I don't know. I, 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 yeah. It just kind of blew my mind. Yeah. I mean, this scene is something, you know, I think most of us, like I said in my intro, are, are pretty familiar with. Like, we know that he goes off to the garden, that he prays, um, that he wants, that he's a little nervous about it. But yeah, I don't think I've ever really focused on that line about the angels coming to strengthen him. Like, I know that eventually he does make the decision, to, you know, to carry on and to go through with the crucifixion. But um, and it's interesting that's that you mentioned, like, and that we said that like someone was divinely inspired to put that in, in there, maybe to, to show why or how he was able to go on. Cause like, if we're just looking at his humanity, it'd be really hard to do, <laughs> but yeah, I don't that's know. right. 
Yeah. I, I don't know that I could do it, you know. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, no, and he's God. So I think that's another yeah. beautiful thing that this shows us is that, and like things I talk about with my students, like even the, and that's the beauty of Christ is that, um, you know, God loved us. He could have, God could have saved us in so many ways, but he sent his son to do that, to show us like our humanity is hard. Like our humanity, we're going to suffer. We're going to have sorrow. Um, and, but he able, he suffered along with us, like, you know, that he was put in our position and loves us that much that he would do that. I don't know if you want yeah, to respond to that. that and that's everything that he is and he is to us. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, we don't, we don't have to go off by ourselves. All we can do is sit right here in our room and, and say, Jesus, I need you. And he's here. Mm-hmm. And that for me, that has always been amazing. It's amazing how he, the Holy Spirit can be in you and be in me and be in other people and all these people at one time. How does he do that? I can't explain it. Mm hmm. But I know it, mm-hmm. and I I believe it's true. Mm-hmm. You mentioned um, when he is on the cross and he does call out to God. He and I actually did an episode on the Psalm. So that Oh God, Oh God, Why Have You Forsaken Me is like a Psalm of David from the Old Testament that he's like reciting. Yeah. Um, so I don't. Know, I'm curious. Why do you think you mentioned a little bit why you know why you think he prays that? But why else do you think he calls on like that prayer, that Psalm when he's on the cross? Why do you think? I think he said it maybe is to show us that when we get in such a place in life as that, mm-hmm. if we'll just cry out to God, why are you forsaking me? Why are you leaving me alone? I believe that God will answer that and come to you and minister to you in some form or fashion, whether it be uh someone that comes up and and shows you kindness or someone that speaks a word over your life or whatever it might be. But I think maybe that was the purpose of it Mm -hmm. to show us that even he in that moment was forsaken. Mm -hmm. And that was how he felt. Mm -hmm. He wasn't, God had not forsaken him, but as a man, he felt that way. And as men, we have moments that like that. Mm-hmm. But when we cry out to God, God is always there. It is beautiful that even up into the cross, like he is teaching us, you know, he's, they used to call him rabbi, like teacher. Like I love in the stations of the cross, um, there's a moment where he stops along, like as he's carrying his cross and like comforts women that are weeping for him. And he's like, you know, don't weep for me. (laughs) Like he's just constantly thinking about others. And to think that even on the cross, him saying that Psalm is like teaching us how to pray when we are feeling forsaken. Like you mentioned, I think that's a beautiful thought to think that like, even on that, in that moment, he's not thinking about himself, but. Yeah. And a lot of people think when they pray, they have to pray these big elaborate prayers for God Mm -hmm. to hear. All you have to do is cry out, my God, my God. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he hears that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've done a lot of psalms. Well, not a lot, but we've done a few psalms on this podcast. And, you know, I've mentioned that the psalms really are a beautiful way to pray. I think my students struggle a little bit with the psalms just because they're in a different language, or maybe not like how they would say a prayer, but they have so many different emotions. You know, we have something like this where it's very like a suffering, sad prayer, but then they have some happy ones. And I mean, the psalms really are a great go to if you don't know how to you're not sure how to pray you can find one for how you're how you're feeling you know <laughs> that, that's true i i go to the psalms a lot in my life mm-hmm. <laughs> and and jesus did too and that's another beautiful thing that as a jewish 
you know, man, he would have known all the Psalms. It's, it's really cool to think about. Um, yeah. I want to kind of talk about this concept of angels since, um, you know, the author, whoever was inspired to by God to put it in there, like he was trying to tell us something about this, this concept of angels. Um, so I'm curious, like, what is your understanding of, of what an angel is or does? I don't think we can really conceive mm-hmm. what an angel looks like, because sometimes I think they're like people. But then I think there are moments when an angel can just be a spirit around us and can come and do things, give us thoughts or give us direction on, you know, you could walk down a road and all of a sudden you just get this feeling, I got to go this way. Hmm. And I believe that's an angel telling you, you know, come on, we're going to go this way. And maybe something happened on that way that you were walking that you would have been involved in. You know, I think of the towers because so many people, there were, there were a lot of people killed and, and I don't diminish that, but there were people that didn't go to work that day. And I believe that was an angel watching over them mm. and God had a purpose for them to stay around. Mm-hmm. Now we can't explain that. We don't understand it, but is it real? Well, the people are still here. Mm-hmm. And what they do with life now, I don't know if all of them were saved or not saved. If they weren't saved, maybe he's wanting to get their attention. You better get your life together. If they were saved, he has a purpose for them to go out and testify of the goodness of God. And so I think, you know, to explain an angel is hard for me, but I think it can come in any form Mm -hmm. that God wants it to come in. Yeah, I just was asking because, like, you know, I think it's such a vivid image, this verse, right? Like an angel came to strengthen him. So I just was kind of like, well, what does that look like? Because you're right, the Bible, we know they're messengers. Like, you know, the Bible names a couple, Michael, Gabriel, Raphael, yeah. are named, like, you know, the, and they give messages to people. Um, and as in some descriptions, it, their wings are described. Uh, we know that they're, like, different than humans. Like, they're a different type of creation, right? Um, right. But it's, it's really hard to, you know, we all have our very different images. Um, you know, they're mentioned a lot in Revelations, like around the, the altar, and the throne, like singing holy and stuff. So we get kind of some images, but it's it's still hard to define. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do. I, I just take issue with a lot of people who think that when we die, we become an angel. I don't believe right. that. I don't right. think it's, scripture teaches that. No, I, I agree with you. I think we're a different creation. We're created in God's image right. and likeness and angels are created in a, you know, to serve him in a different way. They're, they're yeah. direct messengers. And, but yeah. we're not to worship them either. Right. Because they, they're just his messengers. They're not, they're yeah. not God. Yeah. No, I agree. What else would you like to say about this, this passage or this verse? Anything else you want to share? Uh I guess that's about it. <laughs> I mean, short. It was a no, short a, verse. <laughs> no, I think it, it does give us a lot to think about, like just, I mean, just to think about Christ's humanity alone. And I mean, you shared a little bit like why he would need to say this prayer, why he cried out on the cross. Um, I mean, I think you gave us a lot to think about. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I know my students, you mentioned earlier, like um, that there were things that he needed to, to, as a human, to learn and to experience. And it's it's crazy because when I talk about that with my students, they're like, but he was God. And I'm like, yeah, but do you think he just, if he was a baby, like he came into this earth as a baby, like he had to learn how to speak. 
Mary probably taught him songs and like Jewish texts, even though like he obviously understood the texts because he was God. And like we see in the temple when he's 12, like he's explaining the Jewish texts like beyond what he probably should know as a 12 year old. But like he still had to like be taught those. So I don't know if you want to maybe speak a little bit more about just like that phenomenon and that like mystery of like Christ having to learn things. (laughs) Well, well, he was a man. And that's that's Mm -hmm. the part because we always just say, well, he was God, but he was sent here as man. Mm-hmm. He lived as a man. And so as a man, he had to learn everything about life. Mm-hmm. And I, I was just studying the other day. And when, you know, when Lazarus died, you know, in John, it tells us mm-hmm. that, that Jesus wept. And we've often talked about why he wept. And, and I, suddenly in my back room, as I was thinking about that passage of, of where Lazarus had died and he, he didn't come for his, friends that needed him when they asked him to come mm-hmm. but he had never experienced hurting anybody disappointing anybody and he suddenly found himself disappointing his friends mm-hmm. and i'm wondering if that wasn't part of why he wept mm-hmm. because he mm-hmm. now knew what it felt like to be in the position where people are disappointed by what you do or don't do. Hmm. Yeah, that is a really interesting point because I've talked about that verse. It's one of my favorites, even another short one. But um, like he does, it says in the scripture that he waited for six days before he went. And I think there's lots of reasons why, you know, I think it was to show like to show that he could do what he was going to do. Like he knew what he was going to do, like to, to kind of prefigure the resurrection and that he could, you know, bring people back to life. So he was going to come back. Like, I mean, but I like that. I never thought about that too, that this would be a new human emotion for him. And just like kids, maybe when they disappoint a teacher or a parent, they cry. Maybe I, I like that idea. Yeah. That well, when we, we think about Jesus sitting in heaven and he's interceding for us and he, he, I think there's a passage somewhere and I'm not real sure where it's at, but he talks about that. He knows everything that we are, we've experienced. Well, he had to experience those things mm-hmm. in order to be in heaven and saying, Father, I know how that person feels. Mm-hmm. I know what they're going through and we've got to help them. So, you know, I, as a man, he just had to go through life that we live in order to come out victorious and overcome the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you're right. I, those passages that come to mind are like from Philippians chapter two, or there's some Hebrews verses too that talk about that he's like like us in all ways except for sin. And so yeah. then that goes back to like what we talked about with the, the cross, that that's why the cross was so painful, not just physically, but just like that, because he didn't know sin, how right. much more painful that that would be. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Barbara. This has been a beautiful verse to meditate on. And it's just always good to call our attention back to Christ and what he did and and why he did and um, just to help our relationship with him. Yes. At the end of the podcast, I like to give people a chance to plug and promote. I know you have a new podcast out. So what would you like to share with the listeners about what you're working on? My podcast is called It's His Story because the Bible is God's story being told in everyday, ordinary people's life. And I I am a teacher that teaches the Bible is very personal Mm -hmm. and that I am to take the the Bible and use it in my life very personally. 
everything is written to me for a specific purpose. And so I, I, I want people to get interested in reading the Bible because I find so many Christians simply read it on Sunday morning or they don't ever read it at all. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to ever get close to Christ. You're never going to really know who he is until you get into the word because he is every page from Genesis to Revelation, he's on every page. If we just stop and take the time to read it. And I know a lot of people say, I don't read it because I don't understand it. And there's nowhere mm-hmm. in scripture that tells you you're going to understand it all. Mm-hmm. There, I have been studying the Bible since I was, well, I actually started reading the Bible at the age of nine when my church gave me my first Bible. But I'm soon be 76 in two weeks and There's things in there just like this verse that I really don't understand, Mm -hmm. you know, and I have to, I have to seek him to get understanding with it. And if we just stop saying, I I don't want to do that and just surrender to the Holy Spirit, you'll be so surprised Mm -hmm. at what you'll learn. Mm -hmm. So I want people to, when I first started my podcast, I had one of my granddaughter's best friends to tune it in. And she, she told my granddaughter, she said, I love that podcast because it's short, but it's made me want to go home and pick up my Bible and read. Oh, good. And that's what it's for. So where can we find your podcast and maybe say the title one more time? It it's his story Mm -hmm. and you can find it on anchor and Spotify. Or if you just Google it's his story, it'll come up. Okay. Anything else you want us to check out? Are you doing any public speaking or anything else you want to? I am available (laughs) for Christian speaking. I I haven't been doing a lot of it since COVID. Um, It just hasn't, you know, COVID tore up everything. In fact, in my public speaking, I had gotten to the point I said, God, is there, am I missing something here? Am I supposed to stop doing this? And so I, I don't know. I, I kind of asked God, I said, if this is the path that you still want me to be on, then you give me one place a month to speak. And the month went by and on the 28th day of January, I received a call to go teach the Bible at a drug rehab center, women's mm. down the road from us. And I've been doing that every month since. So mm. I'm on the right path and he does want me to share his story in my life. My testimony is how God used Jeremiah 29, 11 mm-hmm. in my life that he has a plan for me. And he took that and he ended it with Romans eight twenty eight. all things mm-hmm. work together for good. And that's my testimony, everything in between there. <laughs> so if anybody would like to have me as a speaker, I'm available on Facebook you can private message me there. I also do a devotion every day, best I can. Some days I miss, but I try to every day. And I try to take books of the Bible and use every chapter and make a devotion of it. Mm-hmm. So people can see every chapter has something to say about your life. And that's on Facebook? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Just Barbara Culver. 
All right. Well, if you all are interested in learning more about the Bible, I mean, obviously you're listening to this podcast, so we all we all love scripture here and want to know more. So you can check out Barbara and see what um, what she's working on and, and what she's presenting on her Facebook and at our podcast. If you all want to find out more about me and my podcast, you can follow me on Instagram at Seven Mile Chats, where I post about episodes, and you can reach out to me if you'd like to be a guest. I'm also on Twitter um, at Miss Struckley One M S S T R U K E L Y One, where I tweet about what I'm doing in my classroom as a religion teacher, a scripture teacher. So you can find me there. But Barbara, thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate you. Bye everyone.